It's time for the latest local, regional, and national sports topics of the day. It's the Sports Fan, presented by J&K Contracting. Ready? Now, from the WATH studios, here's Connor Mills. From the studios of WATH, this is the Sports Fan, a 970 and 97.1 FM. Second day of June, 6 of 6 in the clock, 85 degrees, mostly sunny outside here in Athens, Ohio. Mills and the mic along with Joey Medora taking you up until 7 o'clock today as it's a full sports fan presented by JNK Contracting. And Joey, a couple uh, news coming out of, well, really college football, the NFL, uh, you know, adapting to what this coronavirus is. Uh, before that, phone lines are always open at 740-592-6646. I think the biggest, uh, at least coming out of college football today, would be that the college football season opener between Notre Dame and Navy has been moved out of Ireland because of the pandemic. The Fighting Irish and the Midshipmen were scheduled to meet in Dublin on August 29th, but instead they will seek to play at the Naval Academy during the Labor Day weekend. The decision to move the venue came after discussions between the Irish government, medical authorities, and the leadership teams at Navy and Notre Dame. Uh, Navy Athletic Director... Chet Gladchuk says the decision to forego the overseas trip is to ensure the health and safety of the players, coaches, and fans. Uh, but now Notre Dame will be traveling and will go to the Naval Academy uh, to play uh, Navy. Yeah, I mean, we were talking when we first saw that. I was saying it was pretty shocked. It's, it's very rare you have a big school uh, like the caliber of Notre Dame is playing for a national championship. That's a standard there every year. Uh, it's not too often you see them travel to a small school like the Naval Academy, who I believe the only pl- I don't believe their stadium capacity reaches more than about twenty thousand, and um, you know they're going to go down there and play, and uh, it'll be a real cool experience for uh, you know Navy fans if they're allowed to. Uh, if they're uh, we'll see what happens with the pandemic, but if they're allowed to have fans at the time the college football season starts, that'll be a great opportunity because you know it's not every day. Uh, in Annapolis, that you're going to have a team the caliber of the Fighting Irish rolling in, so that'll be a that'll be an interesting atmosphere for sure. That'll yeah, be interesting to see, and of course, you know that's one of the first changes that are being made to the college football season. I haven't seen any, you know, actual, you know, location changes yet coming out of the NCAA because uh, we are a couple months away from you know, the start of the college football season. What, what is that, August? Uh, later on this year yeah usually the, the end first. of the august first yeah. week happens and also i mean it'll be interesting because a lot of those rivalry uh games they tend to play at neutral sites and uh you know i would assume that that'll probably uh we'll probably start to see some of those games canceled as well because you, they're probably going to want to limit the amount of stadiums that these teams are traveling to and playing in right and you know it was a big talk about you know maybe a week or two ago that with you know the pandemic ongoing and with uh you know finances not as strong as they used to be that a couple of these rivalry games or a couple of games that you'd schedule at the beginning of the season before you hit your conference season schedule uh, may or may not happen. You know, you might have a couple either buyouts or some cancellations. Like I know Ohio will, will I think they're going to, um, what is it, uh, Nebraska. You know, the Nebraska in 2026 or something. But it would be a game like that or maybe Ohio and Marshall, you know, maybe in the future. Like it would be... Interesting to see if those teams and those schedules still stay intact, uh, because one, you're going from state to state, and two, you know, it does cost money to go there. Sure. And while it might be a great trip, and while you know the Power Five conference would have, if it's a home game, you know, you pay the opposing team. Uh, that's why you see a lot of, you know, you don't see Nebraska coming to Peden Stadium. You don't right. see Ohio State coming to Peden Stadium. No. Uh, but they do pay you to go to their stadium. Um, uh, sometimes when you know, the other team wins, then you get a nice little, uh, you paid the team to beat you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but still, you know, that is a, an additional finance thing that I think colleges will have to look at and see, all right, can we still keep these games on our schedule? And at least it's a location change. At least, uh, you know, Notre Dame and Navy are still playing each other. They just won't be playing each other over in Ireland. Yeah, for sure. Uh, hopefully, uh, Frank the Tank's still at the helm when they go to Nebraska in 2026. Wouldn't that be something to uh, see Solich, you know? Uh, I, that's just the year off the top of my head. I, I could be wrong. It could yeah. be maybe like... It's 20- down the road. I it, hear you. it is oh. down the road, and I, I forget what it was. You can check uh, Bobcat, uh, OhioBobcats.com and check the football page to, to fact-check me on that one. Uh, but it was down the road, and I think they put it. It might have been like 2032 or something. Good Lord. Because I think they put it far enough ahead where it wouldn't be Frank coaching against his his other team, uh, his 
former team. Uh, so I, I don't know. Again, I we'll go to a break. You know, sometime later in the program, we'll get that uh, information for you. But still, I, I, that's just an example. You know, you don't know what the finances are going to be when you know, you're trying to put together these schedules, and you might not see. Maybe you'll have a schedule up until you know 2032, and then the following years, maybe your non-conference schedule. Uh, is teams that are within the state of Ohio. Maybe you cut down on costs. Like This could have long-impacting implications down the line for football programs, for uh, all college uh, sports programs. Yeah, I mean, uh, one of the, a big matchup that comes to mind early on in the season for me is uh, Ohio State's with the travel to Oregon. And, of course, that's probably a game that people have been waiting years to see. But uh, it, you, just don't, you just don't know right now. Uh, it, it, as soon as we started to see... Uh, Maybe some flattening of sub-curves. Looked like some states were going to start opening up, which some still have. But it seems like uh, the process has become delayed here over the past week of, you know, we're starting to wonder maybe states will uh, exhibit second shutdowns from the, from the virus and have to close back up if these cases start climbing up again. So it's tough to call. I mean, we're still a few months out from the season supposed to be kicking off. It's supposed, and it's, uh, I was right the first time, 2026, uh, Ohio football to visit Nebraska. Yeah, it's just trust the instincts, right? Trust the instincts, 2026. Um, but yeah, the, you, again, you don't know what could happen. And plus, with all the protests that are going on right now, and in protesting for a good cause, uh, you know, there are large groups of people gathering in areas, and the aspect that people haven't been talking about you know, because one issue is at the forefront than the other one. Right. We uh, are still is, in a global t- pandemic. Right. There is so. a pandemic, and now there is an increased risk of, you know, everything that we did for the past, you know, two months uh, could could be in jeopardy because there is large groups of people, and that's what we've been trying to avoid. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I get the cause for the pan- the uh, the protests. It's, it's a good cause for the protests. You know, what, what happened to George Floyd was uh, not right, uh, but still... You know, it, when you take into account to the health uh, aspect of things, you know, now you know, what could that implication be and what could that mean uh, for our return to sense of normalcy, especially when, you know, professional sports are trying to get back up off the grounds. Uh, so the NBA today, I think they're planning on coming back on July 31st, and I think that is uh, they put together their postseason plan. Uh, we'll talk about that a little bit later. But still, you know, people are planning on how to get back, how to open businesses, how to, you know, get their sports leagues back up off the grounds. Uh, and now, you know, th- there might be some concern of a second wave of the pandemic. Uh, so whatever it is, you know, hopefully, you know, things are going to be all right. You know, they said maybe the summertime, maybe the heat will, will kill off the pandemic. And if that's the case, uh, I'd hope everybody would be safe and healthy and able to go back and, you know, get some sports going, get uh, a couple businesses up and going. Uh, but only, again, Time will tell, just like time will tell to see if NFL, if the uh, NCAA football will come back, and if you have some of those rivalries uh, or not. So, again, time will tell. we got to see what happens. But I did mention NBA is trying to come back, and Adrian uh, Woj, uh, Wojnarowski, I think uh, it's, it's close to the pronunciation I'm going to get of his last name, and I think that's a close pronunciation. Uh, but ESPN sources... Uh, uh, Woj as the is NBA. This is a bomb from yeah, Woj. Woj bomb. Uh, <laughs> the NBA models a 22 team format for July 31st resumption in Orlando, Florida. The proposed timeline for teams as the latest possible date for the NBA Finals game seven, October 12th. Now we were trying to talk and figure this out before uh, we, we came on the air today, and I don't know if they're going to just jump right into the postseason like what the NHL is planning to do, mm. or maybe there's a couple of regular season games, and those games will act, I don't want to say an exhibition, because they may count, they may not count. Uh, but those games will, uh, we don't know if they're going to just jump right into the postseason. They say 22-team format, uh, 11, uh, 11 and 11 on, on both sides, and uh, you know, it's an up from the 16 teams. Uh, that normally get into the postseason. So an expanded playoffs for this year for the NBA, plus an unknown, uh, you know, do they come back and they have the postseason? Do they come back, have a couple games? Right now it's still up in the air, uh, but it will be interesting to see what develops within the next you know, day or two. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Um, it seems to be a common theme with these sports leagues that uh, kind of had their season 
uh, taken away right in the middle. Uh, an expanded playoff field seems to be the common theme. We've heard it talk about in hockey, basketball, baseball. They've all talked about expanding the postseason. Football already was. Maybe they just knew what was coming. Football, they knew... Uh, all along, you're going to have to expand the playoff field because of a pandemic. But, um, yeah, it raised some interesting questions. I would assume with 22 teams, you're just going to do 11 from each conference. I don't know exactly how it's going to work. But, I mean, I was telling you this. You look at some of these 11, 10 and 11 uh, seeds that would come out of the East and Western Conference. you got the Bulls at 22 and 43. You have the Hornets at 23 and 42. The Wizards at 24 and 40. These teams were not even going to sniff the playoffs. And now, uh, due to this expansion, they, they, uh, they might make it. But, I understand the the reason for doing so, but it, I couldn't imagine them jumping right back into and going straight to the postseason because right now in basketball, you don't have every team that has played the same amount of games. So someone's going to feel left out. That's going to be an argument because, I, I mean, right now the Spurs are in 12th. The Kings are in 11th. The Spurs are only a half game back of the Kings. And, you know, I mean, the argument could be, well, if the Spurs played one more game and they won it, they'd be even. And then how do you decide that? Will there be tiebreakers? I mean, it, there's still a lot to sift through in all this situation. But uh, I think uh, if with this expansion, I mean, usually it, I mean, it's very rare you see an eight seed beat a one seed in basketball anyway. But, I mean, imagine seeing the Kings play the Lakers in the first round of the playoffs. Yeah, it'd be, uh, <laughs> it'd be something. Or the Bulls playing the Bucks for that matter. I mean, if we do a March Madness-type tournament, of course anything can happen. It's one game. You know, anyone can win or lose one game. If something funky happens, the Bulls get hot from three. They can beat the Bucks in one game. There's no way the Bulls are beating the Bucks in four out of seven. That's just not going to happen. Right, and are they going to go, you know, best of seven? You know, are they going to go best uh, four out of seven? Or are they going to go, all right, one game, like you said, a March Madness-type bracket? You know, but th- those are questions that I think the next couple of days we'll try to enlighten us on and figure out, all right, how do they come back and how are they going to come back with, uh, you know, some kind of plan. You know, now the plan is, all right, we're going to be in Orlando, Florida, and we're going to be staying at the Walt Disney World, um, you know, the, the hotel building, uh, from what it is, and then you know, now they're starting to figure out, all right, how many games are we going to play? Are we going to uh, straight to the postseason, or are we coming uh, back with a couple regular season games, see the, some of those teams that are on the fringe, and then they come back? Or, you know, are they... Again, just going to jump right in, whatever it is it is, just like the NHL. And I was taking a look at the NHL because they upgraded, uh, updated their brackets, uh, but you've got a team, you know, 31, the Montreal uh, Canadiens, right? you got 31 and 40 is their win-loss, and they got 71 points, right? And then you have the Blue Jackets, who are 33 and 37. So the Blue Jackets get in, the Islanders get in, uh, the New Jersey Devils at 28 and 41 miss out. But there's not a lot of teams that are really missing out on this postseason, especially in the NHL. Anaheim Ducks, Los Angeles Kings, San Jose Sharks. Those are out. Uh, Jersey Devils are out. The Ottawa Senators, Buffalo Sabres, and Detroit Wed Rings. But it seems like a lot of those teams, right, there's a, expanded playoffs. So since it's expanded, now you have a whole lot of more teams, and you're going to have to have a whole lot more games, and then that season could get extended. Yeah, uh, it just seems like right now, if you were uh, a middle-of-the-road type of team in either hockey or basketball going into this pandemic, you're probably going to have a pretty good shot at getting a, a, a postseason bid with the expanded field. Which I think that's a fair thing to do, you know, because a lot of these teams, you don't know what is really going to happen. Like, Not to diminish the regular season or what a couple of these teams have done already this year, uh, but still, like, you have to give some of these teams a shot because... You don't know. I mean, there are still games left to be played, so you don't right. know how it would have shaped out. Like in the Western Conference, uh, I believe seeds about like 8 through 10 were all separated by just three games with still 19, 20 games left to play in the season. Anything can happen. It's three games. You know, right. very easily a team can overcome a three-game deficit with 20 games left to play. Right, until you have that elimination mark like the uh, Golden State Warriors have already been eliminated from postseason contention. And I think that was even before, you know, the That might have been before the All-Star break. Yeah, that, that might have, exactly. <laughs> So, you know, it's, yes, the regular season mattered, but then those teams that could have made it, the teams that maybe could not have made it, you still throw them in there, you give them a shot, even if it might be, you know, the one seed against the 11th seed. Or maybe top four get a bye. Right. There's a whole lot more information about the NBA playoffs, and uh, there's some information about the NHL that was going on, but still, 
NBA needs to give a little bit more of a uh, and again, none of this is finalized. I mean, this is just you know people you know a guy like Woj who's an NBA insider. He needs something to report right now, and you know he has here's a proposal of what the NBA playoffs could look like, and it's his job to report on it. I mean, we're we're all kind of thirsting for sports right now, so I mean that's why we're even talking about this to begin with. But none of this is finalized by by any means, right? But what is finalized? Going to take a break right now. On the other side of the break, let's see what's going on in the rest of college, plus uh, some other NFL news and damage at the Milwaukee Brewers uh, Miller Park. We'll talk about it. This is the Sportsman on 970 97.1 FM. W-A-T-H. From concrete to roofing to siding and windows, J&K Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at J&K be of service from groundbreaking to completion. And don't forget they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call J&K Contracting at 740-698-3521 for a free estimate. When I was a kid, my dad would say to me, Jarrett, go outside and play. He was afraid that three channels we got and the pong were rotting my brain. The older I get, the more I realize that was good advice. I'm happy to announce that CE Hardware in Athens is helping you go outside and play by adding hunting supplies, fishing tackle, camping gear, firearms, and ammo. So I'm going to give you the same advice. Go outside and play. But stop at CE in Athens first for all your fishing, hunting, camping, and shooting supplies. Our community is better together. Integrate Athens, the new division of the Athens County Board of Developmental Disabilities, partners with other local organizations, groups, and people to help our community come together. The Integrate Athens team works with schools, civic groups, and communities in Athens County, helping create friends, allies, and neighbor connections. Check out Integrate Athens on Facebook for events and activities that you can be a part of. Athens County Board of Developmental Disabilities, Integrate Athens, helping Athens County become a more inclusive place to live, work, and have fun. You are listening to 970 WATH and the Sports Fan. It's a Sports Fan on 970 and 97.1 FM WATH, sponsored by JK Contracting Bills and the Mike, along with Joe Medor, taking you up until 7 o'clock today on this second day of June. Some news today. You know, we talked a little bit about the NBA playoffs, uh, what, what could be in store. Of course, they're going up to a 22-team playoff, and then hopefully we find out more information about it at a later time. Uh, but a couple things that are happening uh, today. Let's start with the NFL. Uh, with the NFL, all 32 teams have been told by Commissioner Roger Goodell to hold training camps at their home facilities this summer because of the COVID-19 pandemic. Again, this uh, doesn't affect a whole lot of teams, but it does affect some franchises. Uh, most NFL teams stay at the training complexes year-round, but Dallas, Pittsburgh, Kansas City, and Buffalo are among those that stage training camp elsewhere. The Cowboys and the Steelers are scheduled for the Hall of Fame game in Canton, Ohio on August 6th, and will be the first two teams to report in late July. Dallas usually trains in Oxnard, California, in Pittsburgh, in nearby Latrobe, Pennsylvania. Uh, so it does affect some teams. It does not affect the Bengals. It does not affect the Browns. Uh, but it does affect you know, the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Dallas Cowboys, Kansas City, and Buffalo. And right off the top of my head when I read that, I understand why Buffalo does not want a training camp or anything <laughs> training up in Buffalo because uh, it's cold up there. I've been there before. It is very cold in Buffalo. So the conditions might not lend itself uh, to be great to train in. It wouldn't be great weather to train in year-round. Yeah, I mean... Talking about that Hall of Fame game, I'd, I'd be shocked if, if there is a Hall of Fame game this year. I mean, it's already, so I doubt they're gonna, NFL's going to want to risk having fans there that early. I mean, it's supposed to start at the beginning of August, right? Yeah, That's August when the 6th. Hall of Fame game always is. And um, it's already an extra preseason game, right, for the teams. Like, they still play four more preseason games. And, I mean, do you really? how many people are going to tune into the Hall of Fame game? It already doesn't matter. Usually the start. Most stars don't play in the Hall of Fame game. See, but I'll count on that and say a lot of people will tune in, especially since we haven't had anything to watch in the last ah, two months. I, I don't know, man. I, there's no fans there. I, I, you're going to watch Duck Hodges play for four quarters. I, I, I just don't think you're going to be able to uh, have the draw. Plus, it's a, you know, I, I'd, I'd be shocked if they got four uh, preseason games in personally, so I don't think they're going to play this extra one just, to, just for the sake of playing it. 
Well, you know, the NFL has been talking and saying, well, we want to have as regular a season as possible, and they want to move forward uh, with having you know, their full slate of uh, schedule sure. moving forward. You can have uh, the regular season without the Hall of Fame game. Right, but I think they also <laughs> would want to have, you know, their exhibition games. They want to have, you know, the, probably they would want to do the, the Hall of Fame game, too. I think you know, NBA, you know, theoretically would be starting right on July 31st, and then you know, after that, maybe seven days later, you have the NFL Hall of Fame game. I think that would be perfect to start to bring back some sports. And now, you know, we do have NASCAR back. We do have uh, uh, golf back. Golf is, is happening, too. But you don't really have, you know, the, the four major sports where people you get a lot of uh, people watching, a lot of people uh, attending. Uh, so when I say, you know, sports back, I'm still talking about, you know, the, the major professional sports. Uh, we do know, you know, high school sports are starting to come back up again uh, over in Illinois. You know, I think the high school season, I don't know if they canceled it or not. Um, but I saw Trevor Stevens uh, sent me a message and said, you know, high school sports in some states are going to be starting back up again. But, you know, with you know, the NFL, I think they want to have as normal of a schedule as possible. I think they want to try to bring some kind of sense of normalcy. And since their season hasn't really been affected yet, uh, you know, they, they want to continue, plan, and get ready uh, for a full, normal schedule. You think they're hosting a Hall of Fame ceremony? Oh, they might not host the ceremony. You don't need a game then. That's what literally what it's for. So it, it, maybe, uh, who knows? <laughs> One thing's for sure: it will be a tough, uh, tough training camp to be a rookie for sure. I mean, usually you have uh, OTAs, rookie mini camp, all that leading into the season to try to you know get your bearings, start to learn the playbook a little bit. That way, by the time you come in in the end of July, you're a little bit ready. Now, I mean, you better hope you're studying that playbook, or else you're going to be behind real quick and. As a rookie, that's that's uh, not a good way to start off. Right. And I was told, so I, I got a text from Russ Eisenstein, the voice of the Ohio Bobcats, and I, I guess Russ is listening to us, and, uh, you know, I, I guess Buffalo is warm during the summer. But Yeah, you know, I but, mean, it's not... I wouldn't say that it, it'd be freezing, you know, I, I just don't know. I, I guess I was up there when it was cold. It was a winter month. I think it was, like, late October. Oh, it was cold in the winter. Imagine that. Like, yeah, you know, I know it is cold <laughs> in the winter, but still, you know, I, I don't envision Buffalo being, you know, warm. It might be, I don't know, 50 degrees, 60 degrees, maybe. Or maybe it's normal temperatures. I, I Just from my recollection, it was cold. But, you know, I guess just like anywhere, I, up in Alaska, it was warm, like, 70 degrees for summer baseball. Exactly. So, all right. So you just contradicted yourself. All right. I, did, I did contradict move on. myself. Move on. Well, we'll, we'll move on. But still, <laughs> you know, it, it's good to know, uh, at least from my knowledge, that Buffalo is warm uh, during the summer, uh, as I guess other places would be too. But it is, uh, I wonder where those teams are going to be holding their uh, training camps now because they can't really go anywhere else. Are they just going to go to their home stadium and, and practice in the home stadium? Would that be, you know, the plausible thing for them to do? Or should they go to some other kind of training complex that's within their vicinity? I mean, they probably still have a facility. They're just not used to uh, holding training camp there. Some teams like to get away. And because, you know, some teams like to make training camp is, uh, open to, they have some that's open to, like, fans and stuff like that. And if you're inside your indoor facility, obviously you're not going to open that up to fans. But uh, I just imagine you won't be seeing, I mean, I know uh, teams have practices at stadiums usually during uh, training camp, and uh, you're probably not going to have... A lot of that. I mean, we don't even know if there's going to be fans in the stands when the when the season starts. So, yeah. Hopefully there are fans in the stands, and hopefully, uh, you know, it'll be better moving forward and better, um, you know, get that sense of normalcy, get get it back up and going again. Uh, I talked a little bit about you know colleges trying to get back and ready to go. Pac-12 schools have agreed to perform COVID-19 and coronavirus antibody tests on all athletes upon their return to campuses. For voluntary workouts, Commissioner Larry Scott says athletes will continue to be tested regularly for COVID-19 as long as they are under the supervision of the schools. The Pac-12 schools are uh, scheduled to begin allowing athletes back to their facilities for voluntary workouts starting on June 15th. I know a lot of uh, schools, I think the Big Ten and a couple other conferences, SEC included, are coming back on June 8th to start up practices, especially for football and other uh, fall sports. Uh, but the Pac-12 coming back June 15th and... Uh, they will have those testing, which is important to bring back, and I guess a step forward in safety for everybody, uh, again, moving forward, and, and to bring back sports, at least at the college level. But it, it is a, uh, you know, it's a nice sign. It's good to see that there's enough tests, because I know the NBA did not want to have, you know, private testing. They wanted the test to go 
to the other people that needed it, emergency services and other buddy, uh, other people who, again, need the service, need to uh, to have those tests. But now I guess if there's a surplus of tests and the you know, Pac-12 schools are able to get them and everybody else has them, it's a nice sign to see that you know colleges are investing in uh, the, you know the healthy uh, health and safety of their players. Yeah, I imagine uh, you, there's not going to be for this upcoming season. There's not going to be any type of program that's not going to make sure they're testing their players uh, frequently because obviously if someone has it and it can spread so rapidly until we figure out some kind of vaccine, um, you can't have someone in the locker room who has the virus. So you're going to have to be pretty on top of that if we want sports to return because, I mean, if it comes back like you remember how quickly some of the Utah Jazz players got it from Rudy Gobert having it, and that's, that's exa- exactly when the NBA shut down. So, I mean, as soon as someone has it and uh, they find out they're going to be, that they found out they've exposed themselves to a bunch of other people on the team, and that's when we're going to start to head back to the point of we're going to have to cancel all sports again until we can, you know, figure out, I guess, safer testing. But yeah, that's definitely the direction it's going to be, and I'd imagine these guys are going to be tested at least, probably try to test them at least once a week, maybe before every time they try to enter the facility if we get the testing that good. And hopefully, you know, you get those tests, and then uh, the health and safety plan is put in place for somebody who comes up positive. You know, when the NMLB was trying to figure out, you know, how to come back, and they still are trying to figure out how to come back, one thing that the MLB Players Association is, is trying to figure out, well, what about if somebody has a positive test? Then what? Do you have to, you know, quarantine the whole team? Do you have to quarantine just individual players? Uh, you know, how do you deal with somebody who tests positive and, and limit the spread uh, of that uh, of the virus so if, if they're able to do you know contact tracing and if they're able to do you know the amount of tests that are needed to be done uh, then you know it will be uh, safer for the athletes to come back on the college level it's nice to see and then professional level will have to to come back and do it as well we'll take another break on the sportsman you're listening to 970 97.1 fm wath At Siemens Grocery, their customers expect a wholesome, friendly environment when they walk through the door. With Siemens, they mix a little old with a little new. And that's why they stand out from those big box stores. Quality, convenience, and cleanliness is what you'll find when you walk into Siemens Grocery. Eddie's vision still inspires them today. And that's what makes them special. Siemens Grocery on West Union Street, locally owned since 1951. Here's that song again. Here's that song again. For the 100th time today. Here's that song again. It's gonna be stuck in your head all day. Here's that song again. It will make you cray cray. You love your kids enough to watch that TV show a bajillion times. Love them enough to make sure they're in the right car seat for their age and size. Show them you love them. Keep them safe. Visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Nobody wants to get ripped off, broken into, or robbed, but nobody wants to pay a lot of money to have their home protected either. I've got an offer to tell you about to provide home security for your home for less than a dollar a day. For real. With no installation or equipment charges. And this is from a company rated number one by a leading consumer research company. According to the facts, most of you won't even call unless there's a burglary in your neighborhood or something bad happened. So let's give you a reason. Save money. For less than a dollar a day with no other costs, you can get your home secured. Plus, get a lifetime equipment replacement warranty. You need protection for your home. Call the Home Security Hotline right now. 800-218-6710 Again, that's 800-218-6710 From concrete to roofing to siding and windows, J&K Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at J&K be of service from groundbreaking to completion. And don't forget they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call J&K Contracting at 740-698-3521 for a free estimate. You're listening to The Sports Fan on 970-WATH. It's The Sports Fan on 970-WATH. Those are the mic alongside Joey Medor taking you up until 7 o'clock today. 2nd of June. Can't believe it's already June. It's been a long year. It's It's been a tough year. 
uh, but we will get through it. Uh, some good news, I guess to say. Bowling Green State University, BGSU, says that they will reinstate their baseball program that they had to cut. Their athletic director was a former alumni of the baseball program. He gave a heartfelt speech about how it was a tough decision to cut the program, but you know, one that he needed to make to try to balance the budget, to try to bring, uh, you know, some kind of you know, financial uh, success or. I, I, it's not financial success, but to try to balance that budget and you know balance the finances um, to succeed in the future, I guess I should say. Uh, but the alumni got back together. The uh, uh, program has, I guess, a lot of uh, great alumni, a lot of generous alumni, and there is a uh, $1.5 million over the next three years to bring back their baseball program, and that's a, definitely a positive sign to see on the college landscape. I know BGSU has a, they had a good baseball team uh they got a, a storied history and still you know it's nice to see that the alumni were able to save that program and to my knowledge is the first college for program that cut a sport during the coronavirus pandemic that has then come back and reinstated it thanks to the help of their alumni donations yeah unfortunately uh i mean that's great that they were able to do that but i unfortunately a lot of the the mid-major schools probably won't have the amount of money from uh boosters to be able to pour in after the fact so we're going to see a lot of sports i mean sports at risk probably you know volleyball soccer baseball uh swimming diving track stuff like that just not the stuff that you really see out on the mainstream of coverage in sports unfortunately a lot of those programs at kind of the mid-major schools and maybe even the top schools i mean it, it's not easy uh for schools i mean had to issue out a lot of refunds to students because they weren't living and you know this lost a lot a lot of money being lost by universities during this time so unfortunately it, uh, it's going to show in some athletic programs as well just hopefully uh you know programs and uh, departments are able to kind of bore the brunt and you know not lose out on too many teams uh we haven't lost any here in athens yet but um you know just uh, just hoping that uh, we, it doesn't come to that right and i, I think we, we talked about it multiple times uh, within the last couple weeks about you know how ohio really is not in a position to cut any sports and still maintain either you know their, their title nine status and to be a division one uh program you know to keep football in d1 to keep basketball in d1 there's little wiggle room and to my knowledge you can't really cut any sports to then be compliant with both uh you know with uh, d1 requirements and uh to be you know, title nine um, eligible as well so it's uh, Julia Cromer's in a tough position right now because she has to balance a budget. And I think I've gotten uh, some people in the athletic department said she's done a really nice job with trying to figure out how to pan through this pandemic, which is encouraging to see. You know, she's in her first year as the athletic director of Ohio University, and you know, I've met her a couple times. She's very nice, and she seems to be doing a good job navigating through these tough times um, in Division One, and of course with with the pandemic going on. It is a, uh, a difficult decision, as it was for Bowling Green, to cut their baseball program. And again, their generous uh, donors, their generous alumni, are not only putting together a plan to bring back baseball, and it was made official by uh, Bowling Green, who say, uh, we are excited to op uh, for opening day in the spring, uh, which is a good sign. But, uh, you know, they're also coming together with a, a they say in the statement, um, during this time, the university, in partnership with a select group of baseball alumni, will pursue a long-term funding solution to sustain and support the program. So this is not just going to be, you know, for a one-year deal. You know, it's not going to be, all right, alumni can support the finances for Bowling Green's baseball team for one or two years. They also want to then, you know, enable them to have a baseball program for the future as well. And I think that's as important as bringing it back not only are you going to try to bring back the finances be successful this year but you're going to figure out ways for a long-term solution uh, which is very important when you're trying to save a program and continue the program for long term so it's again encouraging to see from bowling green uh, that came out today which is still a very uh encouraging thing to see now at the uh, major league level of course with the protests going on uh, i don't think that's had to do with uh you know anything with uh, a protest i think this is just a, a man that illegally entered miller park uh, but from the associated press uh, the milwaukee brewers say a man illegally entered miller park and caused minor damage to the playing field tuesday morning uh, brewers officials say he was apprehended by law enforcement shortly after gaining access to the fields say a 40 year old man was arrested and that the incident occurred shortly after 7 30 in the morning 
Police say criminal charges will soon be referred to the Milwaukee County District Attorney's Office. Uh, so it was an isolated incident. It was not a part of uh, a, a protest, per se, uh, at least according to the Associated Press uh, in this story. It just seemed like a 40-year-old guy somehow broke into Miller Park and did damage to the field. So it's, I don't know how you're able to, you know, gain entry uh, to, normally during these times, baseball stadiums should be locked up. They should be, uh, you know, protected. Uh, but still, you know, somehow, some way, he was able to gain entry and did some, um, again, destruction to the fields. Uh, not sure what destruction happens. You know, maybe he, I don't know, took third base or something. I, again, don't know, tore up some graphs uh, or something. Uh, but still, you know, isolated incident at uh, at Milwaukee Park. Um, talk about baseball, throw that baseball story in there. We'll take another short break on the sports fan, and we'll wrap up the program and come back your way on Thursday uh, with Red's Hot Stove Talk coming your way 6 o'clock tomorrow. This is the Sports Fan at 970, 97.1 FM, WATH. From concrete to roofing to siding and windows, J&K Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at J&K be of service from groundbreaking to completion. And don't forget they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call J&K Contracting at 740-698-3521 for a free estimate. I had to go to the doctor the other day because I got worms. He said, Jarrett, these aren't the kind of worms you can cure by getting a shot or going to the doctor. The only way you can get rid of them is to go fishing. So I did, and I felt way better. Stop by seeing Hardware in Athens and get your fishing worms, and you'll feel better too. Get all your sports equipment, hardware, and fishing needs at c &E Hardware in Athens. Our community is better together. Integrate Athens, the new division of the Athens County Board of Developmental Disabilities, partners with other local organizations, groups, and people to help our community come together. The Integrate Athens team works with schools, civic groups, and communities in Athens County, helping create friends, allies, and neighbor connections. Check out Integrate Athens on Facebook for events and activities that you can be a part of. Athens County Board of Developmental Disabilities, Integrate Athens, helping Athens County become a more inclusive place to live, work, and have fun. Local teams, local opinions, the sports fan on 970 WATH. It's the sports fan on 970 WATH. This is Mike with Joey Medore. We're going back to the full hour of the sports fan. We've had about a month or two of just the 30-minute programs and now back up to the full hour as we try to gear up and get ready for some kind of sense of normalcy as we'll have the Athens Sandlot Baseball uh, coming your way next Tuesday. That'll be the first broadcast. Play-by-play, -play, live sports back on the airwaves. Uh, again, I mentioned it before going into the break, but we got the Reds Hot Stove Talk coming your way tomorrow at 6. So no sportsman tomorrow at 6 o'clock. You have Cincinnati Reds Talk. Then at uh, we'll still have the sportsman on Thursday from 6.06 to 7. Then at 7 o'clock, Columbus Blue Jackets will have the Rewind. And uh, Friday, 7 o'clock, Reds Rewind. You'll have a, a replay of a uh, game then. And then Ohio State football coming your way on Saturday. Uh, again, another rewind of that or another replay. But then live sports will start getting back up and going again, uh, at least at the high school level or you know, the Athens Sandlot level. Uh, we'll have the play-by-play -play for you on Tuesday, and I think we'll have the majority of those games on the schedule. But uh, you know, talking about baseball and trying to get it back, of course, we are the Cincinnati Reds affiliate. And when we see Reds news, we try to get the Reds news out there, too. Uh, but Tucker Barnhart, the Reds uh, Players Association representative, so he kind of facilitates, you know, between the Players Association for the MLB and the team for the Cincinnati Reds. Uh, but he's encouraged by the talks, and he believes that there will be a season uh, this year moving forward. Yeah, article coming from the uh, Cincinnati Inquirer, uh, talking about Barnhart being the union rep and what it's kind of been like you know, over this uh, pandemic, and he says it's been pretty stressful. You know, he's constantly getting messages and phone calls and, you know, trying to inform everybody else on the team on, you know, where kind of the, uh, where kind of everything stands. He says he's optimistic that they're going to get back to playing baseball at some point. Uh, you know, he says he thinks both sides are aware of, uh, you know, what, what it will look like if they don't have a season and, uh, you know, also how, you know, the optics don't look good if they can't come together on money when you have a bunch of millionaires talking about money. 
you know, at a time where there's, you know, million, uh, hundreds of thousands, millions of Americans who have uh, been left uh, uh, unemployed from this pandemic. So obviously, just trying to come together. I mean, we talked about this yesterday. There's been a lot of just a lot of back and forth when it comes to the situation. But Barnhart is, uh, you know, optimistic that they will play baseball this year, and that's got to be good to hear coming from the PA rep of your team. Yeah, it's always encouraging to see, uh, especially coming from somebody who works so closely with, you know, the players for the Reds, you know, a teammate, uh, players association representative, and now, you know, he says, all right, talks are getting in the right direction. So if they're getting in the right direction, I think. Uh, maybe we hear some kind of news story about you know, baseball coming back or what kind of plan that they have. Because the other day, you know, I think the owner said, all right, we'll have a 50-game season. We'll lowball um, the players um, and then prorate the salaries. But the players uh, came back, I think yesterday we said, 114 games that they wanted to do with multiple doubleheaders moving forward. Uh, so I think they might try to meet somewhere in the middle. And in the middle would be those 82 games that was originally proposed uh, to try to come back. Of course, Tucker Barnhart didn't say anything about, you know, what that schedule could be uh, moving forward. But, it, again, it's encouraging to see that he says, yes, baseball uh, should be coming back this year, and then teams will get back to, to playing sports. Yeah, yeah, very encouraging. I mean, he, he also mentioned uh, it was part of the article where there's just so much. Anytime anything, anytime anyone kind of hears any little nugget, about what could be going on between the talks between the owners and the player association and all the back and forth. Anytime anybody hears just anything slightly that's a sports kind of insider reporter, they put it on Twitter, right? So that's why it's been very confusing to try to follow all this because almost every other day you see something new. You didn't see the day before. The amount of games have been changing so much and what the players want for in terms of postseason and pay and you know, spring training next season and things like that. And it can become confusing for a player. And he's uh, for Barnhart, he said, he said to tell many guys, I mean, not everything you're reading on social media is exactly how the talks are going on, and perhaps uh, he kind of hinted that perhaps they've been a little bit more structured than they've seen if you just kind of follow it on social media. Yeah, a lot of things are happening behind closed doors You know that sometimes they don't get the access to, sometimes they don't get the information from, uh, but for you know, a player to come forward and say, hey, we're encouraged about this, uh, then all signs point, that's a good sign. And again... Hopefully we get some news. Hopefully it's before the 31st, baseball before the NBA coming back. Um, some kind of sports coming back. That, that'd be nice. And, of course, they said you know, we'll have that Athens sunlight for you. Try to get Todd Newsom on the program coming uh, on Thursday. You know, Talk to him, find out some more information about it, give you guys the information about it. Um, you know, but we'll, we'll try to get uh, Newsom, the head coach of this Athens sunlight team, uh, to come on, give a little information. Uh, information that we do have is the Big Ten strength of schedule. Saw that story uh, yesterday, and I know Joey saw that story, and you know, we were talking about it a little bit uh, off the air before coming on. And um, what did you find out about the strength schedule? Yeah, it's a very interesting. Uh, you know, just coming out, seeing who came out on top. Michigan State, the Spartans, are actually have the uh, the toughest strength of schedule according to CBS Sports in the Big Ten this season, as they do have to travel quite a bit have to go to Penn State as well as Indiana, Minnesota, and Iowa. All very tough places to play. They play Michigan and Ohio State in consecutive weeks. So it's a tough schedule for Michigan State this year. What struck me, Buckeyes, towards the bottom of the list, at number 10 out of the 14 teams in the Big Ten. I can't say it's all that, you know, all that shocking. Of course, they had the trip to Oregon uh, the second week of the season. But other than that, you have games against Bowling Green, Buffalo, you know, two MAC opponents that you would assume Ohio State's going to blow out of the water. I mean, Ohio State was in the college football playoffs last year, and they're returning their starting quarterback. So usually you're going to be pretty highly regarded when stuff like that happens. Well, I mean, Miami of Ohio, I think, had a lead at the beginning of the Ohio uh, State game uh, yesterday. It was 5 uh, to nothing. 5-0. That, that's, uh, what, a safety and a field goal, that, right? You can add. Yes, I can add. that would get you 5. But anyway, still, I mean, they, it, it was competitive for maybe like the first quarter. No, not even the first quarter. I'm pretty sure it was like five <laughs> nothing after like five or six minutes. The final uh, didn't they put sixty on him? Yeah, it was it was sixty something to uh, five. I'm they, pretty sure that's all they scored. Was it? Yeah, tough. Yeah, tough scene for the uh, for the Red Hawks last year. But anyway, uh, and then I think uh, another reason why it's going so. I mean, you kind of look at the the uh, the teams they got on the other side of the conference: Nebraska, Illinois, a couple teams you haven't really been. You know, all that uh, great the past couple of years. Of course, they do play Iowa. Iowa's usually ranked uh, somewhere uh, in the teens to the 20s. So Iowa's had a pretty solid run over the past few years. Uh, the toughest stretch 
for Ohio State this year definitely comes. Uh, they had to take a trip to Penn State. They go to Happy Valley this year, and you know Happy Valley is a tough place to play. And Ohio State hasn't played their best football in Happy Valley. Now they have been able to come out with wins more times than not. But uh, you know, even the years Penn State was struggling with the sanctions, uh, they'd always give Ohio State a tough game. Uh, you know, it almost seems like, and you know, it will never, of course, reach the uh, the robbery they had with Michigan. But Penn State, Ohio State's games have been way more competitive over these past few years than uh, against Ohio State. And I see you pulled up 76 to five. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 76. And to you five. called that a competitive game for a quarter. It was seven to five in the first quarter. Okay, yeah, whatever. Moving on, and then after that Penn State game, uh, they have to go and play Michigan State on the road, and, uh, you know, Michigan State's usually a solid team when they play at home, and it's not an easy win. And then, of course, they do get Michigan in Columbus this year, so that's a, that's a plus. But, yeah, Ohio State only 10th uh, in strength of schedule. The only teams that have lower are Rutgers, Indiana, Northwestern, and Illinois to round it out. Yeah, I think one of the big question marks out of the Big Ten will be what will Rutgers have? You know, because they got uh, the hire of Greg Schiano, uh, former Ohio State um, assistant coordinator, and then um, or assistant coach, and then uh, bounced around a little bit, went back to Rutgers to take over the the head coaching spot, and of course, you know, the second time around, Rutgers in the Big Ten. So it's Schiano, I think, has been the most successful coach for Rutgers in recent memory. Um, you know, took them ranked in the AP poll. I think there was high as seven. Uh, if I remember correctly, but I think Rutgers, obviously they won't turn the program around just that by a snap of a finger, uh, but should we have a normal college football season, I'd like to see you know, what will Piano do at the helm of the Scarlet Knights. Yeah, it's definitely an interesting uh, story to look at considering he was there before, but of course he's not going to turn that program around in just one season. Uh, you know, you got to get your own guys in there recruiting, and you know, you got to give a coach in college a couple of years to you know really instill his values and scheme and culture, and that's when the program really starts to turn around. That's when guys start to when guys start buying in. That's when the wins start coming along in Rutgers. Uh, they need a change for sure, but uh, you know, it, it'll be interesting. Ohio State's a uh, they're going to be right there again this year for sure. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if they could uh, pull out another undefeated uh, record in their conference again this year. I think their toughest game is that Penn State matchup when they go to Penn State. Was, uh, you just know it'll probably be Penn State's whiteout game. They're going to be amped up for that one. And you know, Penn State always uh, always plays Ohio State pretty tough. But uh, other than that, I, you know, I don't see too much issues for Ohio State with this schedule. I mean, they have to go on the road to Oregon. That's probably another, that's another marquee game for them. So uh, we'll see. But the, uh, I, I would assume the uh, the Bowling Green and Buffalo games are kind of dragging down that uh, that strength of schedule ranking. Right. And uh, what was the team? It, it was in the Pac-12, right? That somebody unranked beat a ranked team. I can't remember, but somebody knocked. Who did Oklahoma lose to? Was it Kansas State? Yes. Yeah. Big 12. Big, uh, Big 12. That's right. Uh, but then that put Oklahoma at the four. Uh, of course, uh, couldn't really top three teams undebatable last year in college football playoffs LSU uh, Ohio State and Clemson um, yes I guess some people might want to see I know a lot of people around here would want either Ohio State or LSU uh, at the top which you know, of course LSU did and had a tremendous season last year um, but still it was interesting to see how you know strength of schedule you know, Oklahoma still gets in even with that loss to um, to Kansas State and um, you know, I, I don't know what other teams were, were in consideration. It was uh, Oregon, right? Oregon was was at the top. Yeah, well, I mean they were they were right there. Uh, well, Utah was there because they were undefeated, but then they right. got uh, 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 pretty much dominated in their uh, Pac-12 championship game, and that kind of knocked them out because they didn't really have the strength of schedule. Uh, yeah, it, it wasn't really a tough pick. Uh, you know, the college football playoffs really. I mean, you get down to four teams. Uh, at least one semifinal game is a blowout every year. At least one. And there's been years where there's been both. So, And then it's, it's interesting because then we talk about expanding the playoffs when we can't even have you know four uh, teams play competitive games when it's just four of them. So it's interesting. But, uh, yeah, it'll definitely be uh, Ohio State. I'm sure the, the standard's been set now under Ryan Day. First year, only one loss. Uh, Picks right up where Urban Meyer left off. Right, and they were right in that game against Clemson up until the, the very end when Fields threw the interception. Of course, there was some calls in that game that Ohio State fans don't feel go your way, but unfortunately, that happens to every program across the country and every level. Uh, that's 
Now, this is how it goes. Would sometimes. you be in favor of an expanded college football playoffs, or do you like the, the four teams the way that it is now? So, I, you know, I understand why people would want to expand it, but at the same time, I look at it, and, I mean, when the one has played the four almost every year, except when Ohio State beat Alabama, it's a blowout. We can't even get four teams to play competitive games in the college football semifinal. And... You know, expand it. To people to say, well, expand it to eight. We get all the conference champions in. I don't feel like. I think Utah was eight after they lost to uh, at the lost after they lost to Oregon in the Pac-12 championship game. And I just don't feel I need to see LSU dominate Utah in a in a college football playoff game to determine that LSU should be the national champ. I think they're okay at four right now. I don't think there's ever really a year where you have eight college football teams that could realistically win the national championship. Whereas in college basketball, the field's big. They have 68 teams. and But there's never one dominant team in college basketball every year where you're like, they're definitely winning it. Yeah, I mean, I just like the, the idea, give them a shot. You know, even if it is, you know, a, a blowout game, you know, at least they're in it. You know, there's more people, and then I guess you know, more games, more money, and who knows now with the uh, name, image, and likeness changing, maybe a couple athletes get some national attention. Maybe they do shift uh, to an, an eight team, or maybe just conference champions. Or, uh, but then if that happens, you know, Notre Dame would would be in trouble because they don't have a conference uh, to begin with. They'd be independent. Although they play a lot of their games in the ACC, uh, and they're affiliated with the ACC a lot, uh, that'd be another team to to look out for to see. All right, you know, since there isn't. Or they aren't in a conference. You know who does Notre Dame play at the end of this uh, pandemic? So we'll find out. We'll see what it is, and uh, when we see it, you know, we'll we'll, uh, we'll let it know. But still, I I don't know. I I guess I could I would be favored for a uh, expanded playoffs. I, mean, I understand. I, it's I more, it, it, it's more it's more football. We want to watch more football and more meaningful football. So you put more teams in the playoffs. It's all more exciting. I understand that. But I just feel like college is. I think the disparity between one through eight in college is pretty not as close as some people may think. It might be, but at least you know, do you think was, you love the Cinderella teams coming through March Madness? Yeah, sure. Right, but they have a shot. You know, you you'd never have uh, a uh, what was sixty four seed or what, what was um, UMBC sixteen sixteen yeah sixteen against the one. Uh, you, you would never see that in, in college football. That's happened ex- one time in how many years of the tournament. <laughs> but they made it all that much more exciting. That made it historic. I enjoy the underdog story. Uh, that would be uh, something... Well, you're from New Jersey, so that makes sense. You guys, well, yeah. are, you guys are an underdog story. That's, rooting for the Mets and Jets, it's always an underdog story. They, they haven't won anything in I don't know how long. Um, it it might have been... When, when was the last time the Reds... Uh, made it to the world, or won the World Series, but back in the seventies. Yeah, wow, it's been back in the seventies, and of course with the Bengals, uh, they haven't been to a a, um, you know, a Super Bowl in a while since the uh, I don't since think, the drive yeah. by Joe Montana. Since the drive, um, that's been Sportsman on 970, 97.1 FM, WATH. Appreciate you being with us, listening in. Again, no sportsman happening tomorrow. We got Reds Hot Stove Talk coming your way. And then we're back at the Sportsman with David Saltzman on Thursday. We'll see if we'll get Paul Barron or who knows what mystery guest uh, that Saltzman will bring on to the program. For Joy Madura, this is Connor Mills signing off. Enjoy the rest of your night. And this has been the Sportsman presented by JNK Contracting. <laughs>